welcome to another episode of the Byproduct Podcast. I am your host, Ian Pruckner, and I'm excited to be spending a few minutes with you today, getting better together, because when we get better, things get better. And I'm super, super pumped about this episode with a good friend of mine, the incredible Cody Jefferson. What's up, Cody? How are you today, my friend? Listen, man, it's just good to be here. I'm so glad we're doing this. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Me too. You know, I think, uh, I think we just have so much synergy together back from the old clubhouse days. You remember those, right? We'd be up at two o'clock in the morning, just hitting people with that fire all night long. <laughs> those were amazing days. It was an interesting season, but that was a real sweet season though. So just I'll tell really you what, people in a lot of different ways. You know, um, I don't know if you're on clubhouse much today. I'm not on much but some of the most interesting relationships that I have were fostered on those late night sessions where it was like this new app and you had to have an invite and you're like nervous as can be like we're public speakers for a living and yet we're nervous as can be waiting for our time to speak on, on the app. But some of the most useful and, and, uh, and um, meaningful and impactful relationships got started uh, off of Clubhouse. In fact, I think you and I really, I think we knew of each other mutually through a couple of people, yeah. but I think we really started to build a relationship through Clubhouse. So it's like the Clubhouse Streets 2.0 today, uh, but, but uh, with the uh, advent of video. So I think it's going to be amazing. And uh, Cody, you know, you are one of my favorite people online uh, today. I think that you are um, doing a lot to change the lives of a lot of people in a very, very significant way. So I'm excited to spend a few minutes with you together. And, you know, most of the time on the podcast is, hey, tell me your story. Tell me what you're doing now. Give us a couple of pieces of advice. We're going to stay away from that today because I think our time is just too valuable. And if you want to get to know more about Cody and his long line of achievements and what he's done and all of his background and how he got to this point, you can do that. Just Google my brother and you'll, you'll find him all over the place. You can watch hundreds of hours of content about that. But I just want to jump right in. Cody, one of the things I love most about you, one of the things that I, I want are people uh, who are watching this today to, to pick up from you. And I think more is caught than is taught in this area. You are one of the most radically authentic people I think that I've ever met. You have dialed into your voice, your calling, your positioning, and you own it unapologetically. And because you are operating in that place of extreme alignment with, I think, who God created you to be and what you're supposed to be doing, um, you just bring so much value to people. I've never seen somebody with so much wisdom and yet so much ability to communicate that wisdom with empathy and authenticity. I've no, I don't think I've met somebody that's in that position quite like you are. And I think you're doing a lot to change the lives of, of a lot of men specifically, all sorts of people. But I think you're speaking to a generation of men who need men to be role models and to be examples of what it means to be to be a man, what it means to really live in this sort of wide open space. And so where did that come from? How, how did you arrive at this place of here's what I'm supposed to be doing? Here's my audience. Here's my calling. Here's here's my skills. And I'm going to bring that out to the world unapologetically. So. One, that's a really, I've never been asked that question. I've been on 350 plus podcasts and I've never been asked this question. So this is an on the spot question. And if I could tell you that, I think there's a few things that have been really 
formational in my life towards how I approach it. One is I was raised by grandparents. And I think that there was a certain seasoning that my grandfather had in his older age. He was a deacon in the church. He was a man of faith, a man of integrity. He did what he said he was going to do. He's the hardest working man in the room. And that was the patriarch of our family. And that's who raised me. And I think when you have that, there's a gap of generation, right? And so I had that older sage wisdom that was consistently pouring into me that, you know, when you're a kid, you don't know it at the time. Yeah. You kind of take it for granted, right? It's just kind of how things work. But now recognizing, even as I look at peers, there's a difference in how we communicate. There's a difference in how we, we live and love and the things that we value. And I think being rem almost having a generation removed and, uh, and listen, my, my dad was fully present. He was just working a lot. And so my grandparents like really stepped in to help raise us. He was a single dad. And so I think there's that. I think the fact that I got involved in occupational ministry as a pastor at 19, which by the way, I don't know what, who has any business being a pastor at 19, but here I am, here I am. <laughs> and you know, for, for 13 years, I just walked with people and you do the best with what you have in front of you, but there was a consistent listening to people. And I think there was a discernment in me because of how I'd seen my grandfather walk with people to not try to jump to have the right answer immediately, but to listen to people and help them kind of cultivate that answer within themselves. And so over 13 years, really seasoning that through, I mean, genuinely just thousands, tens of thousands of interactions all over the country and around the world to distill inside of me uh, an empathy to listen to people, but also to listen for those markers to help people kind of position themselves for victory and to help them understand that we're not fighting for, you know, a temporary victory, but we're fighting from an eternal victory. And when you can, when you can create that shift and you can understand the potential isn't an expectation to live up to, but it's, it's a calling that you get to live from. Well, mm. now the positioning changes, right? And what used to be distress now becomes you stress. And for me, I mean, I'm 39 now, like it's, it's taken some years to really start to understand all of the, what those 39 years have culminated to, but because I've walked with some people and, and I've had so many amazing mentors, leaders, pastors in my life that have consistently poured into me. And I think I've had the foresight, honestly, to, to recognize I'm not the smartest guy in the room and I've, uh, I love learning. I love academics. I always have. So anytime, like there's a high for me that happens when I sit in front of somebody that is wiser than me, I don't want to talk. I just want to listen. I want to take it all in. And then I just want to implement and I want to implement faster than anyone. And I think those things being, being a learner, being a listener, being a listener to the person that's in front of me, you know, in, in we're both in sales. Right. And, and we're in the business of people. And I can tell you that sales becomes very, very easy and business becomes very, very simple when you just listen yeah. to the person in front of you. So if I could say, where does the wisdom come from? One is being deeply connected to the one who created me. And two, it is really practicing the art of listening well. Wow. That's so good. I, you know, I think that that's probably the single greatest underrated and underdeveloped skill in most people who want to be a leader or do something big, because you can get all that you need and then some from just listening to people, number one, sure. and then caring about them, number two. You know, that's it's probably one of the things that I've noticed more in watching how you interact with people uh, and how you lead 
is that capacity to really help people be heard and to understand deeply what's going on so that then you can solve that problem. You can bring them hope. And one of the things that I love that you talk about, that you're not giving people the answers, you're leading people to the answers. And that is where true mentorship and leadership comes comes into play, right? It's like, hey, look, if I give you an answer, you're dependent on me for the next answer. If I teach you how to find that answer, especially when I teach you how to find that answer inside of you, then that empowers you to, to, to find that next decision to repeat that framework and process. I love that so much. Um, you know, one of the things, again, sort of going back to this, like, authenticity. So, so both of us came out of the vocational ministry and we're not in that anymore, but we're both in ministry in a pretty profound way. I think, I think that our lives uh, and our examples, hopefully are reaching a lot of people that would never be reached in any other way. But, you know, I know I took an enormous amount of flack and I see you taking flack sometimes from people who maybe don't think you look like the way you should, or you speak like the way you should, or, or that you shouldn't be so forward, or you shouldn't be so this, or you shouldn't be making all the money that you're making or involved in this world. How do you, what would you say to somebody who is fighting their authentic self because of the opinions and ideas that others and expectations that others are trying to place on them? One, I would say that authenticity doesn't have to be brash. I think so often we there you go. We think that our authentic self is the most aggressive self. And I think sometimes <laughs> that can be true, but also I think we look to some of the loudest voices in influencing. We think, man, I, I need to be that, which isn't authentic to you necessarily. Because, you know, I, I, I thought of this, and I, I feel like this is a word for somebody, uh, as you were talking, and it, it just hit me, dude, that, we're all looking to influence, but influence is getting somebody to listen to what you have to say. Leadership is someone trusting you enough with what they have to say. Wow. And so when, when you can step into authenticity, listen, everybody has an opinion, everyone, but you have to qualify the criticism, right? I'm always qualifying the criticism. I'll, if, if you don't have what I want, if, if you've not been where I've been, and not only been where I've been, but if you don't see where I'm going, and if you don't see that the greatest parts of my story is because the God has always been with me, then I'm not necessarily going to discredit your opinion, but I'm going to file it accordingly. Because everybody in the cheap seats has the loudest things to say. And so for me, the, the, the way in which I... I stay authentic to myself as I keep my word to myself. I yeah. know what I'm here for. So many times we let outside voices bark at us and we listen to that because we don't fully know who we are. We don't yeah. know what we want exactly. And we don't necessarily step into who we're called to be. When you will define who you are, when you will define what it is that you want unapologetically, and when you will say, okay, well, then there's a gap, but I'm going to daily step into closing that gap through my actions because you show me what you do and I'll show you what you believe. Well, now we, we, we shorten and, and we close that window of imposter syndrome, which is where people come in and where we allow people to speak into us negatively. And we allow people to hold us back because understand you don't rise to level of ex expectations. You, you just rise to the level of your standards. So, so long as you let people who are not moving towards the same things you're moving to, are, are maybe where you're from, are focused on what you've always done and where you've always been. 
that's a, like that's a lower standard. When I raise my standards, well, now I can be me because the people that I'm surrounded with, they, they expect that standard. It's so now yeah. I, again, it's not, I live up to it. I live into it. You don't like what I have to say? Cool. Like it's, I don't get offended by it. I get, <laughs> I don't call it haters. I mean, I just, I get a lot of pushback a lot of the time. And I said, listen, this is obviously causing you some internal consternation and frustration in your life. It would be so easy for you to find peace if you just unfollowed me. Matter of fact, if you'd like me to block you, I absolutely will. I don't want to. You can block me. But if we're creating consternation for each other, sometimes some of you need to understand that if relationships are like a string, then if I'm here and you're here, if I'm here and my church is here, the church I always grew up in. If I'm here, my family's here, the family that believes what they believe, and they're always going to believe this. If I'm here and the people that I knew from high school, the people that I've always grown up with are here, and they don't want to grow. You start growing, I start growing, we start going up, right? Now, as long as someone wants to grow in some capacity, financially, spiritually, relationally, physically, whatever, we're going to have something to talk about. You're moving forward in some capacity. Well, let me hear. I want to celebrate. You want to hear about it. But if you're not, you're going to stay here. You're going to camp out here. That's fine. But if we keep moving up, that line is going to get tense. And a couple things are going to happen. You're either going to stay here because you don't want any more tension in your life. You're afraid to confront it. It's going to snap viscerally. And now everyone around us is going to get hurt in the process or you recognize, you know what? I'm going to cut this relationship for right now. I love you. I wish you the best. But sometimes walking in love is walking in distance. And in order wow. for me so good. to be fully who I'm called to be, in order for you to be fully who you're called to be, we're going to need to walk in a little bit of distance so I can be authentically myself and you can authentically be yourself. So understand as much as it is we talk about like adding people to your circle and getting in the right rooms. It's as much about subtraction as well. Yeah, that's so good. I love what you talked about qualifying the criticism. Not everybody earns a right to sit at your table and to speak in nope. your life. And that doesn't mean we're rude or argumentative with them. But we just understand where is this coming from and how is it supposed to serve me? But it's so interesting, right? Because you were talking about know where, you, where you're from, who you are, and where you're going, right? It's sort of a qualification. And I always tell people, Cody, it's, it's like, um, you know, how do you get to Los Angeles? There's all these people who want to give you their advice, their two cents, all these gurus telling you different things, right? And so the answer is different depending on where you are. If you're Absolutely. in Seattle, driving west is going to drive you into the, into the Pacific, right? You need to drive south. If you're in Florida, you need to drive a little north and then a little west. If you're in Vegas, you're just due west. If you're in San Diego, you're heading north. We got to be careful of who's giving us advice and what advice we're taking yes. apart. I think so many people are not living in their calling. They're not experiencing the fullness of what it means to be authentic because they're trying to be somebody they're not. They're trying to be more like so-and-so that they see. They're trying to live up to this person's expectation. This person said, hey, if you were more like X, you'd be good. And what we need to understand is to, to, to win in the biggest ways we, we were designed to win in life, we don't need to be like somebody else. We need to be the best version of us, right? We need to Absolutely. be dialed into who we are. and sort of like a lock, right? Like authenticity and, and finding out who you are, where you're going and what you were meant to do. It's like that combination lock sure. in a high school locker, right? Like you get that first turn right, you get that second turn right. You're one number off on that third turn. That lock's not going to open. 
you're in a jingle that thing forever. And that's and like, it's, that, and Ian, the, the lock is different for everybody, right? Like people will tell us to me like, man, I just want what you have. I'm like, let's qualify that. What about what I have is what you want and why? Because for me, I don't look at what anyone else has. I can appreciate it. I can absolutely respect it. But for me, I have, so we talk about a lock, we talk about dials, right? And we talk about numbers. So I have a number for who I am personally as a man. I, who, I'm, I, I know who I am as a child of God. Again, I'm a man of faith. You're not going to take that away from me. Uh, you know, people ask what it's like to not be a pastor anymore. I say I'm more a pastor now than I ever was, right? The pulpit was always preparation for this platform. I have the, we can call it significant other, husband, partner dial. We have the dad dial. We have the business owner dial. We have the board member dial. We have the coach dial. We have the speaker dial, right? We have the friend dial. And so for me, it is... I have to clearly define what success looks like in every one of those areas. And for you listening, for you watching, you need to define what those, what those benchmarks are. Say, I want to be a good dad. I want to be a good mom. What is that? What does yeah, that look like? And, and what does it not look like? Right? Because for some of us, I meet people all the time who are like, man, I just don't know what I want. I just, you talk about like living into purpose. You talk about all these things, but I don't really know what I want. If that is you, Start with what you don't want. Hmm. A really great and healthy place to start to live from authenticity is, you know what? This is what I don't want to experience anymore. This is what, this is what I don't want in my life. As, as I was raised, these are the things that I want to emulate that my father emulated. These are the things that maybe I want to do a little different. No judgment, no assignment of anything other than, I think I could do these things in a different way. And this is what success and showing up as a dad would look like for me. Right. Yeah. Wow. And as we start to, and this is what I help, you know, the guys that we work with is, is really assigning those dials for themselves so that you can understand what that master combination is. And then we help you execute on it every single day. And yeah. then listen, confidence, confidence isn't what people say about you. That's reputation. Confidence is your ability to keep your word to yourself. You want to grow in confidence. So many of you are, are lacking confidence in your life, not because of anything else, then you're not keeping your word to yourself. No, it's because of how I look. Okay. You're not keeping your word to yourself. You're not keeping your commitments to yourself physically, right? Well, no, it's because of what I earn. Okay. Well, then you're not keeping your commitments to yourself in how you're moving forward in business. You're letting your emotions and your feelings get in the way and you feel like an imposter. Yeah. Authenticity is navigated through confidence and confidence is keeping your word to yourself based on the things that you say that you want. And there's always a gap and your ability to close that gap efficiently and effectively will cultivate the confidence and certainty needed to create the character that you're looking to play in your life. Yeah, that's so good. And that's the only place that confidence comes from. There is no other place you can't read it in the book. You can't get yep. it from somebody else. Nobody can speak it over you. No amount no. of approval, no amount of likes or follows. None of that. It comes it. from doing the things you said you were going to do for you. Period. Not for other people. What you said mattered to you that you finished that job, especially in spite of circumstances that would stop other people. That's where you get right. that sort of confidence that says, I could do anything that I want in this life because I've come through those valleys. 
I've gone past the point where other people would have stopped and I persevered and I've gotten to that place because I, I refuse to let those things stop me from being able to keep my word to myself. You know, it's so interesting because people wonder why they have a hard time in business or they have a hard time in relationships and people don't trust them. And the reason people don't trust them is because you don't trust you. How are That's other it. people going to trust you when you don't trust you? When you know deep down inside, I'm going to say it, but I ain't going to do it. I'm going to mm -hmm. fall short. I, I, I'm going to self-sabotage this. I'm going to quit like everything I ever did before. People can see it subconsciously. Yeah. They pick up that energy, but they pick up the energy on the opposite as well. When you walk in a room and you know who you are and whose you are and where you're going and yeah. that it's not if, but it's when, right? That's because it. of the fact that every day you get up and you say, I'm going to, I'm going to do my absolute best today to follow through on what I said to myself. And if I miss today, I'm going to get back up swinging tomorrow and every day after till I finish that. That's where confidence come from, comes from. There's no other way That's to it. find that thing. And I think yeah. so many people don't understand that, but if they could get that like one little piece, man, it would change everything in their life. Like, Hey, what you said to yourself about going to the gym today, about not reacting emotionally the next time somebody gets under your skin about about making that headway today on the yeah. on the side hustle you started or about reading that book or whatever it is you said you were going to do you got to do that thing i think that's amazing talk to me a, a, about the top three beliefs that you hold that you think have made a bigger impact in your life and in the lives of the people that you've coached that you've associated with that you lead i know you you deal with a lot of uh, very successful entrepreneurs. I know you're involved in helping people uh, you know, sell their businesses and exit out. I know you've been involved in some really large deals. You play with a lot of high-end leaders. What are those top two or three beliefs that you hold and or that you've seen held strongly and firmly in the lives of people that, uh, that you've been associated with that have helped them the most in their lives? Yeah. So top belief is that I'm created on purpose and that you're created on purpose. So good. And what that means is that, that there are no accidents. And so if we're here and we can, we do. Now, people ask me a lot about how I cultivate a decision-making process and everything moves towards identity. Everything is an identity confirmation. It, 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 is this leading me towards who I believe God is calling me to become? And if so, then I firmly believe, and I've seen it in my own life 100% of the time, that he will increase my capacity to be able to hold that which he's called me to hold. And that when I can't, just as arms fall with a staff, there will be those around me who will raise that up. And so I believe that I'm called on purpose. I believe everybody is called and created on purpose. Now, people ask about calling and what is my calling? Your calling, listen, is to be you. That's it. Whatever you decide, whatever you, whatever you align that to and confirming that every day through your actions, you show me what you do and I'll show you what you believe. People tell me what they believe a lot. I was a pastor for 13 years. I heard a lot of what people say that they believe and that they then deny it by their lifestyle. You show me what you do. Second is this. This is who I am. So this is what I do. Audience, I would love for this to be a word for you. This is who I am. So this is what I do. Do you want to know why I work out twice a day? It's not so that I can be in better shape than your personal trainer, although I am. It's not so that I can be the hardest dad in PTA, although I am. 
It's not for any of those things. It's not because my son thinks I'm a superhero. He does. It is because I'm an athlete. And I've always been an athlete. And you're an athlete. And that's what athletes do. It's not about grinding. It's not about paying dues. It's not, it's not about, you know, hustle hard and, you know, silence the inner voice and all this. It's not about any of that. I'm just an athlete. And so that's what I do. That's why I eat the foods that I do because I'm an athlete and I take care of my body. That's what I do. How do I operate inside of six companies with margin? Like personal margin. Well, that's who I am. So I don't get emotionally involved in it. I construct my calendar every single day in such a way that I can navigate through all of the responsibilities that I have with ease. Listen, that doesn't mean that it's not hard, but I chose the hard because I chose this. If this becomes too daunting and overwhelming for you, there are plenty of jobs available. Recognize the gift and what you've been called to do. You chose this. So we chose yeah. this stress. And when you understand that you chose it and that this is who I am, so this is what I do, that distress of all the things that you have to do becomes now you stress of the things that you get the opportunity to do. Yeah. So now it's not I have to do all these things. It's like, man, what a gift. And the stress yeah. and the things that I don't know now give me an increase of opportunity to increase my capacity. Listen, I'm a speaker. I've been speaking for 20 years. I'm still reading. I just got this book in the mail two days ago while I was gone speaking. How legendary leaders speak, right? I'm literally reading books on business and on infrastructure all day long. Why? Because I want to increase my capacity because I've been given a gift, which is the gift of being able to lead people and lead organizations. And at the more that I press into this, the Lord, the more the Lord increases my capacity to be able to take on more. So people ask me, man, how do you do so much? It's not that I do so much. I'm just very intentional with what I do. This is who I am. So this is what I do. Yeah, I love that. You know, I want to I want to just hit this for a quick second. Right. Yeah. Because you said, hey, you know what? It's not it's easy. It's it's hard, but it's easy. And, and I would correct me if I'm wrong, but I bet for you, it does not feel hard. Right. It just feels like. This it is what feels you do. Like an over, it, it's just an overflow of what I'm capable of. Yeah, there you it go. Mean and, that and there's, stress. there's stress, but we chose it. Yeah. We chose. Listen, there's stress, man. There's stress with raising kids. I mean, come on. There's stress. Kids, man. But what a like, but what a gift. What a gift. Yeah. I love. I'm an athlete because I don't want to be the dad who's 25 pounds overweight barking at my kid while he's wrestling about what he should do. No, I'm going to be on the mat with him. I'm going to be rolling with him. I'm going to be wrestling with him. I'm going to be on the baseball field with him. I'm going to be running sprints with him because, buddy, Jefferson's are athletes. This is who we are. This is what yeah. we do. Dad, stop yes. telling me to read. You don't read. You know who never says that? My son. Because when he wakes up, I'm reading, and he brings his book down, and he reads. And he's literally at a, he's in second grade at a fifth grade reading level. Why? Because this is who we are. This is what we do. It's not an expectation he lives up to. It's a habit that he's adopted because he's seen who I am. What yeah. is your standard when you raise your standards of who you are? Now, everything becomes an opportunity to live into that promise. Yeah, I can so good. I'd say, so listen, good. I can preach. I can preach it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I love, I love that idea, right? Because it's not, it's hard. It doesn't feel hard because it's yeah. an overflow of who you are. And ultimately yeah. your actions are always going to line up with your beliefs. And what, what you're describing there is an alignment 
between who we believe we are and what yeah. we believe we need to be doing, right? And that mm-hmm. if we believe in a certain way, we're going to always act in that way. It's going to be very yeah. natural. I always tell people, right? Bodybuilders, they're in the gym five, six hours a day, some of these guys, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't feel like it's hard. It yeah. is hard, but to them, it's not hard because it's who they are. It's what they do. Right. Right? For the out-of-shape person, just getting to the gym sure. is, a, is a monumental task because yeah. who they believe they are, the vision of themselves, who they've yeah. accepted as a standard is out of alignment mm-hmm. with the behavior they're looking to create. So I think that's so, so incredible. I know you had three. You said one was, you know, being in line with your calling. Number two was, you know, who I am and what I do. What's that third one as we wrap up? So the third one that I would say, what I believe is to be navigated by identity, not emotion. Hmm. So So often we're looking to feel something and I get, man, Ian, if I could tell you the number of conversations that I have specifically around faith, people would say they just don't feel God. I feel him when I'm in worship. I feel him in these certain places. But don't, what is it like to have a close relationship? Well, that's a practice. It's in what you do. And whoever equated a relationship with feeling, you know what I mean? Like, listen, we've got powerhouse women in our lives. And with powerhouse women, it comes, comes sometimes uh, like there there are... There's always support, but we both have strong opinions and we both have ways in which we're navigating like companies and parenting and like feelings can't be at the center of that. A common outcome has to be the result of that in business. We get so emotionally wrapped up in what we think a business should do or what we feel about the original conception of the business or we feel about a business plan or we feel about a marketing strategy or what we feel about how people are going to think about things. Nope. We have to be navigated by the end result and the outcome and who we become in the process. Right? So we have to be able to remove emotional constructs. Again, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is the core value of what our company is and what we stand for. So this is what we do. Regardless of what people say, regardless of how we may feel in the moment, this is what we do because this is who we are. So we're moving those emotional constructs. Feelings are liars, right? And they're terrible leaders. Oh my God. (laughs) People ask me like, are you happy? I'm like, uh, genuinely, like I get like, how are you so happy? I'm like, I don't know that I'm so happy. I, I don't, I don't think that I navigate towards being happy. I used to, and it led me down a really hard road. It almost killed me in 2016. I went septic um, because I was trying to be, all, I was a pastor. I was trying to be all things to all people and happiness. Like I was constantly chasing affirmation. I was chasing that I could do enough for people that they would find me invaluable because I didn't really know who I was. I got in ministry yeah. so young that it, it was all about what I could do and how I could serve. And, and I, I never knew who I was outside of that. And so everything was navigated by an emotional experience of needing to feel something. 
And now it's like, I'm not looking for happiness. I'm not looking for sadness. But when we assign an identity to emotion, I don't believe people are depressed. I believe you can feel depressed. I believe you can feel anxious, but be very careful with qualifying your identity to I am statements. Mm -hmm. This is why affirmations are so important. Understand when you say I am something, you are speaking it into existence. And you yeah. don't want to speak a feeling into an experience of identity. Yeah, that's so good. I, I see so many people who identify with their limitations. I am oh, all the time. I am broke. I am fat. I am depressed. I am. Yeah. I am divorced. I am this. I am that. It's like, okay, that's great. Like those, those might be experiences, right? But identity, identity trumps experience because right. experiences are subject to change. Your identity, who you are, whose you are is, is ultimately not going to change, right? We can change how we approach things. We can change our, our thought systems and our belief patterns, but ultimately who you are and what you're called to do in your life, I think are, are, are there on direction since before the beginnings of, uh, of time. So how fascinating, Cody, listen, I, I love you, buddy. I think that you're doing such an amazing thing, uh, and, and such a needed voice today. Um, so much wisdom on, on today's podcast. I think you're going to have to watch it two, three, four times probably to get it. How do people connect with you? Where can people find more information? How can they get into your universe? How can they connect with you on a deeper level? Sure. Well, listen, anyone can, can reach out to me on social uh, I'm on all channels. I'd say I'm probably most active on Instagram. That seems to be everybody's kind of preferred platform at this point. Uh, so Cody underscore Jefferson. There's a lot of fake accounts for some reason. But Cody underscore Jefferson is where you can find me. Uh, up at the top, it's going to see Stetson's dad as my number one priority because that is uh, outside of that. If you're a man and you are looking for deeper community with like-minded individuals who are kingdom-minded and and focused on building dominion in every area of life, you can go to ETL, which is Embrace the Lion, ETLRoundtable.com, and you can hear more about what we're up to. And if it's a fit, man, we'd love to jump on a call with you and uh, hear more about your story and your life and where you're headed. I love it. Well, Cody, thank you so much for your time. I know how valuable it is. And as always, listen, I, I know you've gotten a ton of value today. Thank you so much for listening, getting better together, right? Because when we get better, things get better. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.